Greetings all you God lovers out there. It is good to be back as we are starting a new year at 2024. Here's believing that uh, this is going to be a great year. And um, we find that a lot of people at this point in time like to make new commitments, um, start a fresh beginning, and they consider the uh, start of the new year a great time for that. Many times, um, it's also a time to self-evaluate and see what you've done correctly in the past and what failures you've had and why. And uh, start being very honest with yourself and that doing a self-evaluation. And sometimes those self-evaluations and the changes um, that we need to make in life are a telling statement for what and how we perceive ourselves to be seen by others. And more importantly, by ourselves, and the Lord. Is there um, anything wrong with self-evaluation? No, the desire to seek, it's a desire to seek improvement. Um, not if it's approached in the proper perspective or vantage point. You know, we start out by seeking God and seeking what his plan is for us. And then we seek, how do we, you know, seek his direction on how do we make those changes in our life? And, you know, most people try to do it uh, by the flesh, but in reality, you know, we really need to lean upon the Holy Spirit, that helper that we have to help us fulfill uh, those desires and, and those wants in our life. So, you know, when we sit down, we say, how vast um, is this perspective of, of what needs to happen? Um, there's a truth in a statement that is proven by a number of failed New Year's resolutions um, that we hear about from those hoping to change, but just never accomplishing it. You know, they fall by the wayside, maybe within that first 30 days, um, sometimes even sooner than that. You know, there's challenges there. But, um, you know, it's said that we win wars or you win war um, by one battle at a time. With each battle you win, your confidence is reinforced and you've, you, you face the next challenge from a winner's perspective. Now, a lot of people don't look at that this way. They look at failures as, well, I failed it, I'll give up on it and go. Rather than be encouraged or encourage themselves or encouraged by the Lord to take that first step, that second step, that third step and make those changes in our life. And it's true that having tasted victory, um, the next Challenges seldom seem to be as daunting as compared to when we faced it fresh from a defeat. The reason for this is your history often establishes the expectation of your future. Let me repeat that. Your history often establishes the expectation for your future. This herein lies one of the great um, uh, lies uh, against the truth for the Christian um, is required that you know, to obtain victory in life, it's not how many times we fall, it's how many times you get back up. But we, we have some encouragement. We have Paul tell us this in Philippians 3.14. He says this, Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Jesus Christ has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, 
But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press on to the goal of the prize of what the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now, when I look at that, I, I think, um, Lord, you know, our goals in life should be a, to obtain from you and to impart into us a great commitment for us. Those good things that are the things that we are to reach forward to and and know that they're within grasp because you don't call us to do anything that you don't equip us to accomplish. How do we receive those good things? Is it only through faith? Is only through faith um, that we receive what God, what you have promised? However, most people fail to enter faith because their focus or or of, of thought is constantly on their past failures. Reliving your past mistakes and constantly thinking, I should have, I would have, I could have, makes it almost impossible to live in faith. Forgetting is translated from a, a Greek word which means to lose out of mind, to not recall, and thus to fail to do something. And, you know, I'm reminded of when I read that, I'm thinking, you know, Paul is making this, this quote up here that we read in Philippians 3, that this is the man that persecuted the church and they held the jackets of the men that stoned Stephen to death. And so we saw that persecution was grace, great under, the, under uh, Saul at the time, who later became Paul. But this means that he had learned that he should forget all that which was behind. Why? Because he became that new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. All things are behind him. Forget those things now and press forward to what God is calling you to do today. This means we should learn from our mistakes, but never dwell on them. It is said that reliving your past will not change your future. However, this is not true. Reliving your past will change our future if we allow it to hinder what we receive from God through faith. Knowing that our past failures often prevent us from living by faith in God, what can we do to stop reliving our past failures? I believe the answer to that question is also found by, by the Apostle Paul in his letter to Romans 12. In verses 1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We read in this passage of Scripture, Paul is telling just present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. This cannot be accomplished outside of faith. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, least anyone should boast. We see that in Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9. To accomplish this task of presenting our bodies a living sacrifice, Paul advises two things. First, do not be conformed to the world. The word conform comes from a Greek word defined as to fashion like, to form or mold one's behavior in accordance with a particular pattern or a set of standards. 
We know that the world system has a pattern and a set of standards that it's requiring, but it's looking that if you conform to those, the devil will tell you, oh, you'll be, you'll be successful if you just follow this pattern. The truth of it is that the world system never encourages us to put our faith in God, but rather to put our faith in our own horses and chariots, the power of the flesh, and our finances, our money, what we've gained in the world. Paul then informs us as to what we must do in order to present our bodies holy and acceptable to God. He tells us to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. The word transformed comes where we, as a matter of fact, this is where we get the, uh, the word metamorphosis. But in the Greek, it means, connotes a meaning of change or transfigure. To change the, the in essence, form or nature of someone or something. The only way for us to be transformed is by the renewing of our mind. And herein lies the great secret to living a victorious life of faith, pleasing and acceptable to God, resulting in our comprehension of all of God's promises over life. Simply put, we must transform our worldly way of thinking to God's way of thinking. We see in James 1, um, verse 21, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. And then in Luke uh, 8.15, Jesus says this, But the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. They allow that word to work in them, to take root. And then he says, we read what Jesus says in John 6, 63. And it is the spirit who gives life, the flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you who do not believe. Now that's kind of a a wake-up call right there. You know, it's the spirit, the Holy Spirit gives life. And these words are life to us. And then we see in John 15, starting in verse 7, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. His word will change your life. His word will conform you into what God wants you to be. But if you're never in it, If you're never reading that word and keeping it constantly in front of you, you'll never accomplish what you want to accomplish. This is why it's so important for your future success or any endeavor in your life that you take hold of that word. Our obligation is to receive the word. The obligation of God's word is to transform us into his fruit-bearing kingdom of life. For this year of 2024, Let us recommit our faith to God and the transforming power of His Word. Let us believe that this year will manifest some of the greatest fruits for God's kingdom that the world has ever seen. Let 2024 be the year that a united church raises to fulfill its destiny, being the greatest manifested power of God on the face of the earth as it can boldly proclaim What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, 
shall he not also um, freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? Is it God who justifies? Who is he who condemns? Is it Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecutions or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor present things, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, or any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which in Christ Jesus our Lord. He tells us this in Romans 8, 31 through 39. Child of God, let's make this year the most profitable year of each individual's life. Let's move aside from our old way of thinking and start putting that word, devouring that word into our lives and see if God looking over his word will perform it in your life. He says he will. Until next time, be blessed and let the word work mightily in you. Amen.